Hi Bouncers, Amy here. This week we have a special bonus episode for you. We are sharing a presentation that Melanie originally did in June 2020 called Where Are We Now? Managing Changes in Uncertain Times. In this episode, Melanie will discuss how trauma can impact the classroom or the workplace, in person or online. She will share some techniques for managing uncertainty and mitigating its potential impact on all of our lives as educators, professionals, and individuals. I will include the link to the full video of this episode uh, that we have up on YouTube in our episode notes. Check back with us next week for an all-new episode of Talk to Us at Bounce English. Be well and keep bouncing. Yay! Let's keep in touch. Welcome to Where Are We Now? Managing Change in Uncertain Times. My name is Melanie Johnson. I am one of the co-founders of Bounce English and I just want to say thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really hope that this presentation leaves you with some good information that you can use. So welcome! I'm so happy you're here. I'm just going to take you back to January 2020, um, which for me, I'm, I'm recording this in the middle of 2020. And um, back in January 2020, I was so excited and so happy about um, where things were going. And I had lots of goals and lots of great plans of things I wanted to do this year. And then, well... 2020 happened, <laughs> and uh, it, it, it's been a lot, as I'm sure um, if you are watching it this year, or even in the hindsight of a year, or possibly two from now, you're, you're going to be re able to relate uh, to this feeling. I started one way, and I ended up in a totally different spot, and um, I have been reflecting on the ways in which our worlds have changed since the onset of the COVID-19 outbreak. So uh, one of the things that has changed is the ways in which we interact with our colleagues and friends. So we used to see them um, in their office, at work, um, in the staff room, uh, in, in a bar or a restaurant. And now um, we're frequently not doing that. Um, we might be just seeing them primarily through a screen. Even when we do interact with people in person, we need to be a lot more cautious or know that we are taking some risks. And I think our feelings of security in the job, in our life, and our world have also changed. So um, we used to feel a lot more um, confident about what our job was going to look like and what the world was going to look like. And all of that has really been thrown into tumult. Um, also, the tasks and demands on our time in a typical day have changed. So we used to, you know, have a very set routine. Um, maybe you had a routine in which you commuted to an office and you were definitely going to be doing things at a certain time. And now all that's changed. Perhaps you, like me, are working primarily from home now. Um, 
for those of us who have children, um, you might be juggling your own job as well as um, the demands on your children or trying to keep them entertained when you really can't uh, travel and see people as much as you had previously. Um, and then there's also our jobs. Um, a friend of mine said some people now are overemployed, some people are underemployed, and of course some people are unemployed. And I really think um, that's about right. Some people watching this will have uh, recently lost their job or um, maybe you're on leave. Other people um, maybe have had their hours cut. That happened to my husband. Um, or maybe because of layoffs at your job, uh, now you're doing three jobs. Or now you're doing a job that you thought you had left behind and had been promoted out of. Um, so our jobs have changed. And with all of this has come what I think is a blurring of the lines between a weekday and a weekend or our work day and, um, what's a holiday. This is all kind of blurred. Um, and then finally, there is the issue of our physical health and our mental health, as well as the, as well as the health of our loved ones. Um, you know, I, um, I'm recording this on a day when, when, which has been a little bit of a struggle for me, um, going through all of the challenges we're going through. But, um, I think many of us can relate to the feeling of having good and bad days. And as I heard someone say, I can have a good day and a bad day on the same day. Like uh, part of the day will be really good and then another part will not be so good. So uh, these are just a few ways in which our worlds have changed. But we have also had some triumphs. Um, many people administrators and teachers transitioned their classes quite quickly to an online format under really tight deadlines. I mean, I know someone who, who made that transition in like a day or two days, which is crazy. Um, but they had to, they had to do it really fast, uh, because they wanted to keep continuity of, of service to their students. Um, and often that was done with very minimal support. And, um, Many of us have navigated uh, those things through incredible stress and uncertainty um, to make it to this point. So if you did make it to this point with everything that's going on, pat yourself on the back. You're here. You did it. Be grateful. This is a good thing. So high five. Uh, so now I'd like to turn it over to you and ask you to take a few minutes to just reflect. Um, what have been some of your biggest challenges over the past few months? What would you say are some of your biggest triumphs? And where are you now? So the truth is we're all doing what we can. And you know what? That is okay. We are all just trying to get through <laughs> uh, what is a really difficult time. Uh, and recently, I came across this post um, on social media, and I thought it was really true. Actually, what we are living through right now um, is a trauma. And what's happening to us is that parts of our brains actually shut down just for us to survive. So we are just not fully able to process everything that's happening right now. 
Um, if you feel a little out of touch with your emotions and a little bit numb, that's normal, particularly if you've already gone through trauma. Um, you might be feeling anxious, you might be feeling especially vigilant, um, you might feel a little depressed or hyper. That's all normal. It just means that is your way of dealing with extreme stress. Um, the real processing of this actually happens many years later when we are feeling safe to deal with it. And, um, you know, when you're going through a trauma, just getting by emotionally and functionally is okay. Uh, so be kind to yourself. And that's really um, a lot of what this talk is about. So um, the first thing we're going to really get into is trauma, what it is, and um, the impact of COVID-19 on trauma and behaviors, which brings me to the second part, which is all about how traumatic impacts or so how traumatic events impact behaviors and outcomes. Then uh, we're going to move on to talk about suggestions for coping uh, with continuing uncertainty, as well as some suggestions on how to um, help if you are a manager or a teacher uh, during this situation. So first, let's talk about a definition of trauma. So trauma is defined as any event that is physically or emotionally harmful because the individual perceives his life or the life of someone he loves as threatened. So definitely COVID-19 falls under that definition. And I wanted to look with you at a number of ways in which the impact of COVID-19 can produce a traumatic impact. So uh, one way in which trauma might be produced is displacement from the workplace or from a classroom. These are familiar places that we are used to going to. They're part of how we've constructed our world. So having that not around um, can be traumatic. Um, next, there's having our routines disrupted. As I mentioned earlier in this program, um, you know, when you are not... Um, doing the same things that you were doing that can be traumatic, particularly if you felt comfort and safety and stability in doing those things. Uh, you might also be separated from friends and from family. I, um, I am, I'm, I'm actually recording this in Los Angeles right now. Most of my family is in Chicago and, um, I really can't go see them without risking, um, putting them in jeopardy or putting myself in jeopardy. Similarly, my uh, husband has family members overseas. We can't see them um, without risking our health or their health. Um, so another issue related to that is isolation. Some people uh, may be being quarantined on their own. That can be incredibly difficult that social isolation can be very mentally traumatic to people. Um, but if you are sheltering with someone who is abusive, there is a risk of an increase in domestic violence. Um, next, there is the issue of actually coping with illness. If you have had COVID-19 yourself or someone in your family has, or coping with the loss of someone that you love, uh, because of COVID-19. 
There's also the economic and global uncertainty that has come about because of this. None of us really know what the ultimate outcome of this is going to be. We don't know how long it's going to last. Um, we don't know what the full impact is going to be yet. And so that in itself can be traumatic. And then finally, there's part of being a marginalized group, being a person of color or a black person. Um, those groups um, historically already have difficulty getting adequate medical care um, or being treated um, properly. And uh, studies have shown that um, certainly black people have been disproportionately impacted by um, health complications from COVID-19. So this is also a trauma and it also ties into previous traumas uh, that an individual might have had. Um, but the truth is we all actually experience trauma and we experience this in part because we're all different people. So what traumatizes me may not have any impact on you at all. You know, we're all interpreting our worlds the way we interpret them. Um, so we all go through these. And even before the COVID-19 outbreak, you know, in your life, you can think of moments that uh, might have been traumatic for you, but someone else might have gone through and been absolutely fine. Um, so now I want to turn us to typical reactions to trauma. Um, and those can be broadly broken down into fight, flight, and freeze. And you might recognize yourself in one of those reactions. I myself, I am definitely a flight person when uh, things started getting scary in the COVID-19 outbreak. I was thinking to myself, maybe I should go to Canada. Uh, Canada, why? I, I don't know why I was thinking that. Or maybe, maybe we should drive to my parents' house in Chicago. Or maybe we should fly to the UK. Like, I was thinking, how can I get away from here? How can I get away from this? Definitely wanting to do flight. But my husband uh, said, no, I want to make my stand here. And the fact that he said, make my stand is very telling because he's a fighter. Um, he's ready to fight uh, COVID-19. Um, but the other reaction is freeze, where you just really don't know what to do. So if you felt a little paralyzed because of uh, COVID-19, that's, that's a normal reaction. Um, I want to identify what these behaviors can look like, particularly in the classroom, but you might also see them in the workplace. So fight can manifest as argumentative behavior, rudeness, outbursts, um, reluctance or resistance to different tasks or directives. Uh, flight can um, manifest as absenteeism, so someone who is uh, you know, missing a lot of work, punctuality issues, someone who seems like they're not totally there. These are um, flight uh, habits. And then freeze would be somebody who seems disengaged or uh, they're really not participating very much. And uh, if you are a teacher or administrator, I'm sure you'll recognize that all of these behaviors are things that can be very frustrating. <laughs> they can be annoying, to be honest. Um, but how can we help each other? Because we can help each other through 
these um the, these traumas um so i want now to look at three stages of recovery from trauma there is safety and stabilization uh so feeling like you're in a safe place again having a moment to remember and mourn and then finally reconnection and reintegrating so we can actually create spaces that will encourage healing from trauma and once trauma occurs it can't be undone you can't go back to the time before it happened but those effects are not destiny you it doesn't have to necessarily be a negative outcome simply because there was a trauma it is possible to mitigate those impacts and so a good question for us to consider is as educators and administrators how can we create spaces that encourage healing for trauma impacted individuals um, well, there's a few things we can do in the workplace or in the classroom right, right away. So one of the things we can do is refrain from judgmental uh, language and avoid accusations. So let's say you have a student who is just really not participating in class. They're not doing their homework. They're not doing the classwork. Um, you know, I think particularly as these behaviors can be quite frustrating, that there is a temptation to just say, why aren't you doing your work? You're, you're very lazy. You're not taking this class seriously. You need to respect this class. Um, all of that type of language is very judgmental and accusatory. And it has the effect of taking that person and putting them in a threat situation, which is what resulted in the trauma-impacted behavior in the first place. So instead of reacting in that way and potentially escalating a situation, ask open-ended questions. So Mark, you know, I noticed um, that you have not completed three out of the last four homework assignments. Here, I'm just laying out the facts. I'm not saying Mark is good or bad. I'm not assigning reasons as to why that behavior has occurred. I'm just uh, pointing it out. And then I can say, can you tell me what's going on? Um, which is an open-ended question. So now Mark has an opportunity to explain what's going on. I often follow a question up like that with something like, is there anything I can do to help you? To demonstrate to the individual that I'm not trying to attack them and in fact, I want to work with them. I'm trying to develop a role as a partner um, so that this person can feel safe enough to talk to me about what's going on. Some other things that you might want to do to manage trauma impacted individuals is to reconsider old policies that you um, maybe have had. So um, some policies just don't work in the post-COVID-19 workplace. Um, forcing people to uh, check in every day, like maybe sign in and sign out. Maybe that's just a little bit difficult to do with people's situations. I know of a school where um, a student wanted to change their class and the old rule was that this person had to formally request it and then they had to wait a week for that 
um, request to be processed and then the student would be moved. So what that effectively meant was that the student would not be in the class that they wanted to be in for two weeks. Um, and you know, this is a difficult time for everybody. So helping a student, if, if that, if they want to work with a particular teacher or you are in a situation in which students do select their own classes, maybe you should look at what your policy is. Can you make it easier for them and for yourself? Stay calm, even with um, situations that can be frustrating. And I understand that, believe me, stay calm. Uh, because if you stay calm, that is going to help uh, bring about a calmer resolution uh, to whatever you're trying to work out with a trauma-impacted individual. And be flexible. Be flexible with your students. Be flexible with your staff. Be flexible with your coworkers. And be flexible with yourself. This is a hard time. We're all going through it. We're all going to have good days and we're all going to have bad days. Some other suggestions are help people know what to expect. So create predictable classroom and workplace routines. If for some reason you need to vary from those routines, make sure you let people know um, as soon as in advance as you can because um, that helps maintain a sense of stability. Um, if you vary from that routine and you don't tell them, that causes problems um, in terms of feeling safe and stable. So do let people know um, in advance when you can. I also advise you to establish communication channels that people can easily access if necessary and when necessary. You want to try and um, create a feeling of approachability so that if people need to contact you, they know exactly how to do that. And depending on your role, make sure you are communicating what you know and what you don't know to your team. In times of great uncertainty, it is vital that you pass on information, even if you don't have much or if you're not exactly sure what the final outcome is, just so that people know what's going on um, because they know so little about what's going on. Um, it really makes a difference. So make sure that you are communicating regularly with the people in your team. Another thing to think about is your own self-care. So it's very important to be aware that when you are dealing with issues that are related to other people's trauma, this can cause re-traumatization or vicarious traumatization. Um, just by hearing about what's going on to someone else uh, that can actually traumatize you. So um, some good signs to watch out for on that is something called compassion fatigue, um, which you can recognize um, if you are hearing someone's story about trauma, you're talking about it and you just don't care or you're having a really strong negative reaction like anger or you just don't wanna deal with it, you're tired of it. These are all really strong signs of compassion fatigue and burnout. So just feeling exhausted, sick of it. These are signs of vicarious trauma. Remember that you can play a role in creating spaces and I would say practices that are conducive to healing from trauma. But healing other people's trauma is not your responsibility. It's actually um, the individual's 
ultimate responsibility to heal from things that have happened to them. You can help, you can facilitate um, a space in which that makes it easier, but you um, are not responsible uh, for healing that person from their trauma. So remember that. Um, take that responsibility off your shoulders. And definitely give yourself time for self-care. Take time away from work um, and consider ways in which you can be supportive. Now I want to move on and talk about coping with uncertainty, which is something that so many of us are doing these days. Um, I thought I would start by talking about this quote, which I think is a wonderful quote. Change is an event, but a transition is the process that you go through in response to the change. Um, because really the change happens almost overnight, but the coping with it takes a long time. This is um, an idea from a really wonderful book called Managing Transitions, Making the Most of Change. It's, it's, it's suited for managers. It's really business focused, but I found it very useful um, for just learning how to cope with change. And I also have learned a lot from my own story. So I thought I would share a little bit about what happened to me. Um, I had been working for a language school for about four years and I got promoted, um, which I was very excited. Um, and I was, uh, because of the promotion, I had to move. So I moved from Southern California to Northern California. I was very excited. And, um, I was in charge of, I was kind of the public face in my company of a partnership that they had, uh, with an educational institution. Um, up in Northern California. And um, almost as soon as I took over this role, I realized that things were not great. And my counterpart at the institution um, was new and he definitely did not seem to want to continue working with us. It was a very, um, became an, an environment in which there, there seemed to be a fair bit of conflict and it culminated, um, well, it didn't culminate, but one of the major points was uh, the day before Thanksgiving, I found out officially that our partnership was going to be dissolved. And that led to a number of months in which I really didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know um, if I was going to be able to stay with the company. Um, I unfortunately ultimately was not able to stay with the company. I was let go. Um, and I didn't know, and I had a really long, uh, lead time on that. So, um, I didn't know where I was going to work, what was ultimately going to happen to me, and my husband, where we were going to live. It was really anxiety producing. It was really scary. And it was very stressful. Um, but in hindsight, I learned so much from that experience and I, um, believe that like many learning experiences, it, it may be better able to deal with uncertainty. And so I'd like to share a little bit of what I learned uh, with you now. So the first thing I would like to tell you um, in terms of coping with uncertainty is accept reality. Okay. So what I mean by that is, um, you know, it has been said that a lot of the stress and anxiety we feel about a difficult situation comes from the conflict between 
what the reality is and what we would like it to be. And I think that's really true. The next time you're in a situation that, that is frustrating you, just take a moment to realize the reality and, and you will find that that is a little easier to deal with. And I also think there is a lot of anxiety about what's going to happen. So this idea of accepting reality, I think sometimes can be grounded in denial, but I don't think um, in most cases that's necessarily the issue. I think the big issue a lot of times is kind of imagining all of these terrible scenarios that may never happen. So just take a moment and accept where you are. A lot of times when you stop and look around at where you are, you realize where you are is actually great. Um, it's actually fine. Um, and those things that you are worried about may never happen. They might happen, but they actually, in my experience, they almost never do. Okay, So, I mean, sometimes, yes, they do. But accept the reality. Know that your worst case scenario, while it may, may come to pass, probably won't. Even if it does, you can deal with it. You will be able to deal with it. Um, give up external control. You can't control what other people do. You can't control what your government does. Um, at least you can't control everything they do. You can um, certainly make your voice heard, but <clears throat> you can't control what other people are going to do. You can only control yourself. And so maintain internal control. Decide that you are going to have peace. Decide that you are going to be able to handle this situation and you will handle it successfully. Um, you can do that. It is possible. Maintain that internal control and cultivate gratitude. So I have found that even in the most challenging situations, there is almost always one little kernel of something that I can be grateful for. So the whole story that I told you um, about a very difficult time uh, in my life, I will say that um, one thing that was great about it was that I made a number of great friends, um, really great people. So even though there was a lot of difficulty, there, there was good. And my husband and I had a beautiful place to live in a beautiful area. And I learned so much. Th those are things to be grateful for. So if you stop and think, you will probably find a few things that you can be grateful for too. I also advise you to take one moment at a time. It can be uh, very anxiety producing and very frustrating when you want to know the answer to things, you want to know how they're going to work out, and you don't know what's going to happen, and you don't know the solution, but you don't have to have everything figured out right at that moment. Just take that moment. So for as I said, I found out that um, I was uh, that our contract was being dissolved and that I got that information um, right when I was out buying lunch for my team as like a kind of pre-Thanksgiving uh, get-together. So I, needless to say, was a bit shocked, but I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to focus 
on my team. I'm going to focus on this moment uh, with my team, this lunch with my team. And you know what? It was actually a really wonderful time. When I look back on that day, that little lunch was quite nice because I was able to stay in that one moment. Um, so try it. I think you'll be surprised at how well it can work for you. Make the most of the shifting landscape. Um, so when you are in a time of uncertainty, of course there is chaos and there are things we don't know and that is very stressful. However, there is a great opportunity in moments like that uh, to make change. So for me, when I knew that I was going to be laid off, um, I was able to identify three cities I definitely wanted to live in. Um, and ultimately, I had a couple job offers in two of them. And I chose the one that wasn't necessarily the most practical on paper, but was the one that I was most excited about. So I was able to take the shifting landscape that occurred at that time and turn it into something good. So try and do that. You, you, it is much easier to make change, both for positive and negative, in times of chaos and uncertainty than it is when things are pretty status quo. Um, another suggestion for you is to expand your view of a situation. So you, I think it helps to go micro and macro. So micro is taking it just one minute at a time. But if you go macro, you can kind of pan out and look at this event that's happening within the context of your life. And when you do that, that event feels so much more manageable. And you can also look at the other things that you've gone through in your life and know that you got through those. And probably you, like me, can think of things that have happened in your life when, which when they happened felt like the worst thing in the world or I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. But you did. You did it. You got through it. It's over. You moved on. Life was fine. And so... If you expand your view of a situation, you will often find the confidence and the knowledge that you can deal with whatever is going on. Another suggestion, I couldn't recommend this more highly, find your support system and then use it. Call on those people who care about you. I would like to, in the middle of this, give a massive shout out to my mother uh, Marianne Johnson, who listened to me probably every day um, while I was going through the worst of this uncertain time. I would call her. I would usually cry, but she was always there. And so so was my, um, my best friend was always there to listen, my husband. And those, those three people were really my support system. So you you know who your support system is or can be. Find them and use them. And then also find and make use of healthy distressors. There are probably some things you can do that are actually pretty healthy that you enjoy that will make you feel better. Maybe it is going for a walk. Maybe it is meditating. Maybe it's doing yoga. Maybe it's singing. Maybe it's knitting. Whatever it is that you enjoy doing that can help you de-stress and is pretty healthy, uh, make use of it. 
Now is the time for you to do it. And then finally, I want to leave you with the knowledge that this too shall pass. The one constant in life is change. So whatever is going on in your life, even if it feels awful, you can know it will not go on forever, ever. Better days are coming. Easier days are coming. Believe it because it's true. And that is it. I wish you well. I wish you peace. I wish you all the tools you need to cope with what you're going on, uh, what's going on with you. And um, if you'd like to talk further about any of this stuff, please feel free to shoot me an email at I'm at mjohnson at bounceenglish.rocks. You can find our website at bounceenglish.rocks. You can at me at bounceenglish or check out our YouTube channel. We'd love to um, talk to you there too. That's it. Thank you. Bye bye.